Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Microbrewed Sports, episode three. This is the week one of the NFL season preview episode. I'm Alex here again with my boy Pete. What's up, guys? What are we drinking? Well, this week I went uh, right around us, Trogues, out of Hershey, Pennsylvania. I got uh, Trogues Jovial. It's a Belgian double ale, so going to be pretty high in alcohol percentage, I'd say. Oh, no, it's only seven. Not that bad, but it's always one. Still get you going. Yeah, it can, it can still get you going, but it's one I always wanted to try because it looks fancy. It's got a cork instead of a cap. I already popped the cork off of it, so you're looking for it. You can't see it, but it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. The cork is gone. But so looking, far, I was looking why you thought it looked fancy. It but was fancy. All right, it's got a little shape to it. Yeah. Anyway, it tastes good so far. And what are you drinking? Uh, I got a Dirt Wolf Double IPA from Victory. Uh, solid fitting beer here, uh, because one, my last name's Wolf, uh, two, Victory, out near Philly, and, uh, also, I don't even know if I mentioned this to Pete before or not, but I thought about this after the last pod, and I was thinking I might just drink Victory after every Sunday win that the Eagles get. Oh, so you'll be drinking seven Victories this year. <laughs> I was thinking about ten. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> so we're probably, hopefully gonna crack one open, uh, next week. We're hoping to get one, another pod in on Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, this Dirt Wolf here, like I said, double IPA and uh, 8.7% alcohol. So uh, it'll get you going a little bit more than, than Pete's will. And uh, so far, pretty good. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to rate it on uh, on tap, though. we got a whole pod to get through that. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get to week one stuff, which I'm dying to get to, I wanted to... Uh, do a little bit more baseball catch-up since it's been since the first pod, which we took like a week off, so we're looking at like a month ago is the last time we touched on baseball. I remember right. that pod, we had just watched Hoskins get his first We hit. did. And I said in that pod, he's just getting going. This is what's going to get him over. Please go back and listen to it. I'm going to brag about everything that I said in pods that I write. <laughs> and uh, damn, did he ever get going. Right now, uh, he's only played 28 games, so... Relax. I know none of this it yeah. means anything. Get ready for a load of shit here. <laughs> his OPS is eleven fourteen, which is just tickles me pink. Yeah, that's and good. his per one sixty two numbers. Yeah, this is a load of shit. <laughs> Get ready again. Does, is he going to do this every season and play no. every game? No, no, no chance. But his per one sixty two numbers so far are sixty nine home runs, one hundred fifty six RBIs. If he ever does that. You guys are not going to be able to bear me. Pete's not going to no, be able to bear me. No, I'll probably kill Alex before he does that. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, other things to catch up on the fills here. Uh, J.P. Crawford made his Major League debut. Yeah. They playing him at third, which I think is very of note, considering that only a couple weeks ago did he ever play a position other than shortstop. Yes. Um, and obviously that was the problem to get to the big leagues. So obviously the Phillies are in my line of thinking where they kind of like Galvis. And uh, I think yeah. Michael Franco is... Hot garbage. Mike Alfranco has really turned the corner in the wrong way. Oh, my God. I don't know if there's any saves in Zero approach at the plate. He's just awful. Yeah. And, I, uh, I don't know what happened, man. I mean, he used to at least have, like, he's not even, is he even going to get hit 20 home runs this year? He might get to 20. He, I think he's but at, like, 15. That's, like, ah. Yeah. And 
Anyways, JP is taking a page out of the Hoskins playbook here. He's batting one, or sorry, 091 to start. So hopefully, uh, solid he's got one a, for 11. Yeah, he's got a little uh, hot streak around the corner. Uh, and then just other young guys, because somehow the Phillies are watchable right now. They got a lot of young guys. Yeah, that's um, the biggest. That's the biggest thing since these guys came up. I re- we looked at the record, and I guess since Hoskins came up, they're what ten and eighteen. Ten and eighteen, which is kind of shocking to me Wait. because, well, I mean, it shouldn't be shocking. They're still not a good team, but it seems like they're more competitive, and like I'm kind of intrigued each day to be like, hey, what are the Phillies? Doing? Yeah, I, I give more of a shit. I do. Even me, like even someone who's not a Phillies yeah. fan, I'm like, I know they have all these young guys, like. What are they doing? Exactly, and like their so their record was forty three and sixty nine when these guys were called up, which is a three eighty three win percentage. Not where you want to be. Yeah, worst in baseball. Well, that's only gotten worse since Hoskins has come up. There with that ten and eighteen, that's a three fifty seven win percentage. But again, that obviously has nothing to do with Hoskins. He's been nothing but a positive. Right. Um. But yeah, just to touch on some of these other uh, young guys here, Nick Williams at this point. Is I thought I wrote it down, but I don't think I did. I want to say he was he was sixty something games into his career, and I think what we're seeing is what we're gonna get out of Nick Williams at this point. He's batting two seventy four, three thirty two on base. He's not gonna be a guy that's ever gonna walk a whole yeah. lot. He's actually walked more than I've expected. That's not point. her three thirty two. Is it's not bad. Sixty that's, points above batting average. That's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll live. I'll live with yeah. three thirty two. Um, he's pretty good. And I, like in the two seventies, I think is where he's going to hit. Yeah, I actually considered picking him up in fantasy as like a fourth outfielder. Yeah, he's hit with enough extra base power though. There's OPS over eight hundred. It's eight ten. Yeah, and that's uh, what you'd like to see. So his per one sixty two numbers, which again don't mean a whole lot with sixty something games, but it means a little bit more than yeah, than bigger what, sample size. Yeah. Um, 24 home runs, 106 RBIs. And again, I think that's I think all these numbers are right around what you're going to expect out yeah. of Nick Williams. It depends, yeah, I mean, I, you would classify him as a 20 to 25 home run guy. Yeah. I so if say. you get that, great. Yeah, if you can get 100 RBIs a season, which might be a little on the high end, but if he can do that... I'm Probably the high end. But if you, if more importantly, if you get an OPS over 800 out mm-hmm. of him, that's what you want. Right. So Somebody I think with some pop, extra base potential, and All signs point OPS. towards Nick Williams sure. in a piece. Not the piece, but not a the piece. piece. A piece. A piece. Yeah, a piece of a good team. Right. And then Alfaro is batting three fifty five, which <laughs> this is nonsense. That is not going to keep up. But right. Three fifty five, which the funny part is with a three eighty five on base, and right. I want to say he's got two walks. He takes what Nick Williams does as far as free swing and brings it to a whole other level. He does not walk. He's hacking up there. Yeah. So. I do not expect. I don't know what to expect from Alfaro at this point. Um, one thing that I did find interesting was again his per one sixty two numbers, which again small sample size, yada yada. But fifteen home runs. I think that's about where you can expect from him. Yeah. I bet he could hit fifteen home runs a year, but uh, I don't know what to expect from him batting average wise in the big leagues. Yeah, I don't know that he classified as a batting average kind of guy coming up through the minors. But I mean, also this is what. Uh, the, he's played like he's played like sixteen games. Yeah. I mean, this is like one tenth of the season. This is an extreme. Right. But I think small he's got twenty two hits in those sixteen games. Yeah. So he's like, it's all positive. Of those twenty two hits, four extra bait, four two, extra two bases, doubles and two two home runs. doubles and two home runs. So, but sometimes that happens. Like it'll take a minute for the power to translate to the big leagues. Yeah. But his his calling card when we trade for him is power arm, power bat. Right. So uh, in the twenty to eighty scale, which anyone that's not familiar like baseball scouting. Makes no sense, but they grade you from twenty to eighty. Yeah, why wouldn't the twenty be a zero? It's like zero. To no, 60. no, no. We gotta go twenty. Yeah. I know it makes no sense, but hey, whatever. Eighty is unheard of. Like eighty power is Giancarlo Stanton. Right. Um, 
So it's really hard to get up that high. And even 70 is close to, like, I mean, that's very elite. 70 is very elite. And he's he's a 70 for arm behind the yeah, plate. So, yeah, he's got a good And arm. I believe he was, like, a 60, 55, 60 for power. Um, I think his average was supposed to be on the lower to basic side. So this 355 average thing is, like, yeah, again, I mean, don't expect it. 16 games. I don't expect him to be a 300. Yeah, game. no. I wouldn't expect that. Either. But I'm, I'm excited about what I'm seeing, though. So uh, we need to trade Cesar in the offseason for pitching. Mark that down. I will be preaching that all offseason. Yeah. Get Kingry up. He needs to start second base next year. Yeah, I don't know what you can get for Cesar just because, like, he's he's a solid player. Yeah. That's all he is. We should be able to get, like, a three or four pitcher, I would think. <sighs> I don't know. Especially if he's on a not savory contract. I see. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get a big league guy. I think it'll be a prospect, and it'll be like the team's like sixth or seventh best prospect. I'll take what's his face from you, that Adams guy. Chance but, Adams? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> not a chance in hell. You get that one. All right. Well, that's all I got for Phillies. Pretty much, uh, they're still the worst team in baseball. There you got the White Sox, and I want to say Giants nipping on their heels, but uh, I think we're, we should lock up that first pick, though. You got anything on the Yankees you wanted to add, really? Yeah, watching the Yankees this year has been just the absolute roller coaster ride. Two weeks ago, our world is falling apart. We're crumbling. Like we only our our wild card lead had gone down to like a half game over the second place team, and then we lose three in a row to the where we get swept by the Indians going into a series with Boston. And then we take three out of four from Boston. Mm-hmm. Then we take two out of three from the Orioles, in which who we should have swept if Batances could close a game. Mm-hmm. So it's just been. So up and down, but as of right so now, what's going to happen with a young team? Like yeah, that. exactly. It's you can kind of see it. I mean, it, it's a shame that we haven't had Starling Castro healthy this whole time because he's been a really good piece for us. And as soon as he came back, the offense kind of picked up again. We've been scoring a lot more runs, so hopefully we're gonna, we're going to be more consistent down the stretch to make a run at this division. Which going into this weekend, we have a series with the Rangers, and we are currently. Three and a half back of the Red Sox in the division. And we have a two and a half game lead on the second place wildcard team. Mm-hmm. Or Who's right on right behind the Angels? Yeah, no. The Twins are still in the second wildcard. They're a game up on the Angels. Who's got two, the first wildcard out there? Me. Us. Oh, I thought you said that you had the second wildcard. No, no. We are two and a half up on the second place team okay, okay. for that first wildcard yeah, slot. Yeah. But uh Yeah, so the Twins have the second place and Orioles are or Angels are a game back of the Twins. Orioles are two games back. I think the Angels... How are they just adding, like, Justin Upton for, like, nothing? I don't get it. I don't know either. I what guess Detroit's doing? cutting... Probably cutting salary. I mean, they cut. They but got rid of... Yeah, he's still a productive player. They got rid of Verlander. They got rid of Upton. And that's They're going so, young. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's so huge, and it's killing me, because, like, my whole trout getting over here thing is I need the Angels to be a barren wasteland, and they need, like, wow, we need everything, so let's they trade might, trout for yeah, everything. Yeah, I don't think that's going to... I don't know, man. If they're just going to add Justin Upton to these guys out of nowhere, like, they're going to be contenders, and it's going to be harder for trout to want to leave. Yeah, and that's the thing with the second wild card. Every... So many more teams are in it now. Yeah. Like, even... Baseball's a better sport with a second wild card. I agree. Best thing they ever did, and I'm, I, you know, I'm a hardcore traditionalist with like you are sports and, and everything. But second wild card, I mean, four teams going to playoffs just wasn't enough. No, I mean, if you look at any other sport, that's and, the smallest amount of any team. And I just we're getting on a tangent here, but I just highly disagree with the people that are like you play 162, it shouldn't be single game elimination in the wild card. First of all, I don't want to be playing baseball in like during Thanksgiving. No, and also, I just, how exciting is that? It's it's great. so exciting. It's a built in game seven. Yeah. It is really it's exciting. It's just an excuse for Madison Bumgarner to go out there and throw no-hitters. 
Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And also, for those people who complain about that, that means typically the first place team who, you know, is the best in the con- or the um, league, like AL or NL, gets to play that team who wins a wildcard game who just probably burned one of their best pitchers. So yeah. it's an advantage for that team. It is. But actually, it seems since that's been a thing, though, that the team that keeps playing stays hot and against logic. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the numbers on that in front of me, but... I mean, there's something to be said. A lot of times, baseball comes down to, like, who's hot going into the playoffs? Right. Who's got it rolling? Like, the Indians right now have won 15 More in so row, than any other sport, really. Kind of. Kind of. Hockey's kind of that way, too. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, we'll get back on topic here. The big, big thing with the Yankees moving forward is, for all the success and all the names we have in the bullpen, we lead the we lead the major leagues in blown saves. Mm-hmm. We are horrend- horrendous in a, in a close game. It's because Chapman out of nowhere sucks. Well, hopefully he's got it back. He looked really good in the Baltimore series, and he, there's talk he might be closing again this weekend. What's his fastball coming in at? I heard like the other day it was coming in at like 96 or no, something like that. No, no, no. Like that, that, that's not been the issue. The issue has never been the velocity. The velocity is still there. It's okay, still over I saw 100. a tweet where it was like it, it was coming in somewhere like 97, 96, something like that, and it was no. like... The velocity, no. That's that, fast for anyone else. We're not that's, that's completely wrong. Okay. His velocity hasn't gone anywhere, but his swings and misses have left. Right. So... Anyway, I'm sure it's going to be a roller coaster ride over the last 25 games with the Yankees. But I do expect that we will hold on to a wild card spot. Yeah. If we don't, that is a big fall. For and then anything, anything can happen from there. Anything can happen. And I won't get you started, but we both expect Judge to win Rookie of the Year still. So. Yes. And any anybody out there who thinks Andrew Benintendi really ha- legitimately has a shot needs to be looked at. But Pete needs to pay a little respect to Benintendi. He's a good player. He's all right. He's an above-average outfielder so far with a promising future. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, you want to talk about some football? Yeah, it's it's football time. Okay. So week one, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Sundays, they're back. Yes. So I could not be more happy. I got this weekend off, thank God. I should be able to watch, uh, even though I work every other weekend, I should be able to watch all but two games this yeah. season. And I got lucky because it's week six, which is a Thursday night game anyways for the Eagles, and week 10, which is their bye week. And I might throw in a couple more paid time off hours and watch those anyways. A little, but, Kelly. A little Kelly time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we got the Eagles week one at the Redskins. Now, if you recall on the first pod, I believe we both picked this as an Eagles loss. Alex Pete. is drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> He's going to flip-flop. Pete. Pete had the Eagles win in seven games as far as the whole season ended. I had the Eagles win in ten, and that's both counting this as a loss. So I looked up some numbers and everything, and just for a little context, uh, basically the way the Eagles are currently constructed and with the change in philosophy and personnel, yada, yada, it's not worth looking at this rivalry past last year to predict anything with this. So last year the Eagles played the Redskins week six. They lost 27-20. to I believe that one was in D.C. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz went 11 for 22 with 179 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. Again, week six was sort of in the whole we're trying to like slowly ease him into being a starting quarterback thing. And then you'll no, see. No, you mean it was when you guys came back down to earth after going 3-0. and 
you guys went from Super Bowl champs to like oh we were Super Bowl champs yeah, after week three yeah so you, this was back down to possibly the greatest day of my life was that Steelers game week oh three oh my god that was hell that was just glorious but uh all the Steelers fuckers out there that we got to deal with here in PA that that was great anyways uh so then week fourteen you'll see that Dougie P just let loose and showed his inner Andy Reid and uh, we also lost that game 27-22, almost an identical score. And if you recall, Carson Wentz was sacked, strip-sacked late in the game, down either yes. in the red zone or right by the red zone to end the game. I think we watched this game together at your house. Yeah, that was hell. Um, I was in my glory. But Wentz, that game was, this is what I mean by him letting loose. Instead of 11 for 22, like it was in the first game, he was 32 for 46, uh, more than doubling his passing attempts for 314 yards, one touchdown, one pick, and obviously got strip-sacked there. Here's where, now here's the thing. My irrational Philadelphia fandom comes into play with the Eagles more so than any other team. Right. Here it comes. So this is my heart talking, probably, because I already picked this as an L back when my brain was functioning and over my heart during before the season. But week six and week fourteen, the common thing between those two. Let me guess. Let me guess. No Lane Johnson. No Lane oh, Johnson. Oh, the the savior. I have that in all caps. Oh yeah, I see it. Lane Johnson. No Lane Johnson. So, all right. Last year, we were 5-1 and one when Lane played. I know. And Believe me, every Eagles fan is aware of that record with and without Lane and Johnson. 2-8 and 2-8. Eight eight. So, I mean, look. Carson Wentz I'm not saying, but I'm just not, saying, right? Yeah, Carson Wentz <laughs> simply does not get strip-sacked by Ryan Kerrigan <laughs> in that second game yeah. if Lane Johnson's blocking him. Okay. And, I mean, I can only assume that Carson Wentz Throws a dime right in the end zone to win the game there. <laughs> but anyway, so that that seriously is huge. But I just wanted to touch on the other things uh, as far as additions and subtractions from the Eagles. Okay. I think they, without question, got better mm-hmm. if you're talking about personnel. So sure. offensively, running back-wise, we lost Ryan Matthews, added LeGarrette Blunt. We'll call that a wash. Um, we also got Wendell Smallwood with a year more experience and stuff. If anything, I don't, maybe nothing slight. happened to your running backs. Right. It's still wash or it's minor still a upgrade. committee. Right. I don't think there's any minor upgrades. I okay. think Blunt's trash. Wide receiver, get Jordan Matthews out of there. We got Alshon and Torrey Smith. I'm gonna say large upgrade. Yes, upgrade. Um, defensive tackle, we basically swapped third round picks with the Ravens and gained Timmy Jernigan. Yeah, you, your defensive line got better. Right, and we lost uh, Benny Logan, who went to join Big Red in Kansas City. Um, Benny's sort of a whatever, run stuffer, not going to do a whole lot of this kind of guy. Timmy Jernigan's supposed to be able to get a little more pass rush going. Okay. So, upgraded defensive tackle. And then defensive end slash outside linebacker here, uh, Connor Barwin. He bounced. We added uh, Chris Long, but we also drafted Derek Barnett, who, if you recall from other pods, uh, has short arms. Yes. <laughs> I was not. I was actually very upset when we drafted him, but having watched him in preseason football, I'm getting pretty excited. So I think pretty large upgrade on the defensive line. Okay. And then uh, Ronald Darby, we added him at corner. Yep. Our corners could not have been worse before, so yeah, that, we're getting a, better it's there. A, it's an improvement. And then, again, at the bottom, in all caps, Lane Johnson. Right. Only played six games last year, and in theory – we have him for 16 this year sure. until he tests positive, and now he's gone for two years. Okay, so here's where I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna point out. If I can just throw in one more thing, All Redskins right. kind of reshuffled their wide receivers. They did, 
They did. Some guys left. Some guys came. They did. Basically, which is which is might could be your saving hope here. That could that could help you. But I do like what they have in terms of offensive weapons. They still have Jordan Reed, who I think is the second best tight in the league when he's. I mean, whenever he's on the field, I think. No, behind Gronk. But uh, I think Jordan Reed's the second best tight end in the league. Um, they have they added Terrell Pryor, who gives them more of a red zone threat. Last year, like I think Jamison Crowder might have been their leading touchdown guy, receiving touchdown guy with eight. He's a slot guy. They didn't have a great red zone presence last year outside of Jordan Reed, and they somehow made Jamison Crowder catch so many more touchdowns. So I think Terrell Pryor gives them a red zone um, option outside of Reed. They bring back Crowder. And then they on the outside they're either gonna I think they're gonna platoon um, the rook, the rookie who they drafted in the first round last year Josh Doxson who was an absolute animal at TCU and then they have I think Ryan Grant he did nothing last year though was he hurt Doxson yeah Doxson got hurt right away okay so yeah they're kind of a wash here but we'll so not not we don't know what to expect out of him basically my point is the Redskins offense is locked and loaded again it's gonna be dangerous and. You guys on offense, while maybe got a little bit better, I agree with uh, getting Alshon. You're going to have jo- Josh Norman is going to shadow Alshon Jeffrey, right? But so, he he also gambles a lot. He's one of those eh. gambling corners where he's going to gamble for picks and give up plays. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's just pretty good, pretty locked down. We'll see. I would. Uh, I mean, I'm I would, starting Alshon and Zach Ertz in my one. Yeah, game. I would start Ertz and not Alshon. But that's just me. I would think about that more. Well, that's lineup dependent too. Right. Sure. I, I got Ty Hilton on the bench because. Well, yeah, that's I'm throwing yeah. balls to him. Yeah. I mean, I throw a decent spiral, but like, I can't go down the field. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, in line with all that, we're going to talk about the odds on this game. And per, you know, our bookmakers. I'm seeing this game as the Eagles are one mi- uh, minus one point favorites at a money line of 120 minus 120, and the total in the game is 48. So that puts the Redskins at and again, plus one in DC. In DC, so the Eagles are road favorites, and the Skins are home dogs after going two and zero against them last Which year. Which I find surprising. I am befuddled. Yeah, and frankly, I think it's a lot of Eagles hype. That's what I think. I think the market is buying up the Eagles because this game started out as the Redskins were like two point favorites. For some reason, the Eagles get a lot of that. They do. Like they get a lot of ESPN attention. They're vi- the, everybody's really pumped about your defense. Yeah, they think it could be. It's really like good. a year in and year out thing, yeah. though. It's not like that for any other Philadelphia team. No, like, like national ESPN no. attention. Well, I mean, the Sixers are going to get this year because they got some right. But like but year yeah. in year out, it doesn't matter what happens. No, for some reason, I don't get it. So anyway, what uh, in terms of the line? What are you thinking on, on this game? Okay, so here's what I'm going to throw in here that, that Pete kind of skipped over here. We're going to do five games a week, and we're going to touch on the other games later in the pod when we do more of our like gambling right. section. But whoever gets more of the games right in the five games a week is going to be buying beers. No. whoever gets. Uh, sorry, yeah, I said it backwards. Whoever gets more of them wrong... Right. Is going to be buying the beers for the next And pot. it's all based on the spread to even it out. So we can't be sitting here saying, like, yeah, give me the, the money line. Give me the whatever. Steelers' money line this week against the Browns because it's like, okay, you're going to win. Cool. Yeah. So got to take the lines. Except I took the. I lost like 35 bucks on the Patriots last night. Well, yeah, I mean. How does this happen? That's why they play the games. Stupid. But anyway. What are you doing, Tom? Tom's letting me down. Anyways, uh, so 
in an effort to gain a game over Pete here and to please my heart, sure, I'm going Eagles. I'm going to lose the point. You're going to lay the point and take the Eagles right. minus one. And here's what it all, again, the points that I was making, you had Lane Johnson, you had those other guys. But what it all boils down to is, like I showed in those stats where I wanted to say what Wentz did, it, the whole season, everything's just going to boil down to what's Wentz do. Because Wentz is going to carry the team or somewhat hinder the team. It's a quarterback league. So I'm going to trust that Wentz is going to take a big step forward in, in year two. And he didn't do a whole lot against the Redskins either those last two games. And like I said, I mean, we were right there to win. If Lane Johnson's there to block Ryan Kerrigan, I think we do better in the second game. So I'm going to provide the outsider's look and show not talking from my heart but actually thinking about this (laughs) actually thinking through this doing a thought process not just that i see that the eagles need to win by one point and you think they're gonna win all right in my opinion the eagles and the redskins are pretty evenly matched yeah i would put them right around each other in terms of skill but so when you're when you're a home team in the nfl that's usually that usually means three points in your favor so right there I would have the line at minus three Redskins. Yes. So instead, I get a point. So I see a four-point difference, a four points of equity that I get. So I'm absolutely taking the Redskins plus one because I think they're evenly matched, and I'm going to take the points. Right. If this were in Philly and it was Eagles minus four, like I would take the Redskins. But with it being a minus one, like it almost might as well be a pick em. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, with all these... Changes from last year and uh, potential growth of Wentz. With things not really changing much with the Redskins, and the other thing is like, I think there might be a little bit of turmoil in DC with the whole pending leaving of uh, Kirk Cousins. I don't know. He's don't pretty know. good. He's getting paid a lot of money, and he could get paid a lot of money again next year if they yeah, franchise I mean, him. They're not going to franchise him again. I mean, they'd be ridiculous too. They'd have to pay him like thirty-five million. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure that's the number. It's thirty-five. And what's yeah. Stafford getting and he's the number one pick. Twenty six or seven. Like yeah. Yeah, it'd be insane. But either way, Kirk Cousins is making twenty five million dollars guaranteed this year. Yeah, that's, that's and he's just gonna keep I mean, he's still playing for a contract, so yeah. He's gonna ball out. That's all he's gonna do. I mean he was third in the NFL until, in like pass yards. Until last Derek week, Barnett breaks his leg. God. Alright. <laughs> well, there you have it. I'm taking the skins plus one. Alex yeah, is going I'm Eagles gonna, minus one. Yeah, I'm gonna go Eagles minus one Book and it. uh yeah, man, I can't wait till Saturday, or till Sunday. Right. So let's let's talk Jets Bills. Jets Bills. So Jets Jets aren't very good. No, they're but still. we did have a big move happen within the last week. Actually, well, one big move and one under the radar move. We traded Sheldon Richardson, our Pro Bowl defensive tackle, okay. to the Seattle Seahawks. Not good for this season, at least for Jermaine Kirsch and a second round pick. Yeah, great, great move, but not for this year. I don't know. Like if you're trying to win this week, all I've ever heard, out. all I've ever heard out of the Jets and other media sources is that Sheldon Richardson is an issue in that locker room. Okay, he's a cancer, basically. Former uh, Temple guy. Former Temple guy. Awesome player. Awesome, awesome player. But I'm just curious if that has, uh, like, if by him it's addition by subtraction. Yeah, maybe. And getting Jermaine Curse and a second round pick is fantastic. Because we need receiving weapons. Dear God, we were going to start Sharon Peak on the outside this week. I got uh, your boy Robbie Anderson in that fancy draft. Great pick. I said I was going to end up with three Jets. I think I only got one. 
But it was like the 12th round. It's a dynasty league. So, yeah. like, what if he turns out to be good? Another Temple guy, Robbie Anderson. Hey, yeah. There they are, just all hanging out in New York. Anyway, so we add Curse. We add a second-round pick like that. And also, Jeremy Curley got cut by the Lions with the 40. I can't remember who he was with. Anyway, he's back. Mm-hmm. guy who is familiar with the system. Another quality, like, slot receiver. Positive for the Jets, in my opinion. At least we have... Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, Jermaine Curley. I know, listen to myself. Like, yes, we have options. Like, nothing to get excited about, but if you knew what we were going to run out there, we just got, like, 25% better, which is great. I don't know. J- Jermaine Curse still sucks. Ah. This was well, his career high, like, 500 yards receiving. I mean, but you're playing in Seattle system where that's not what they do. They've been a notoriously big running team, so and they focus he, on Doug Ball. Do you think he gets a new career high receiving yards this year? I'm not saying that, but it's... It's something we have a weapon. He can do things. It's something. I don't know if Sharon Peak can do anything. Yeah, I guess. Okay, that's that. That's that point. You just got to keep running that route where he falls down and like kicks it in the air and then catches it while he's laying on his back. Great route. <laughs> anyway, they're squaring off against the Bills in Buffalo, and the Bills are trying to do, outdo the Jets in terms of like tanking. We're both trying to tank for a QB. Yeah, you might as well. But the difference is the Bills still have a pretty decent quarterback and. An all-pro running back in Shady McCoy, but their their talent in the receiving on the receiving team isn't that great either. I don't put a pass in by the way to trade Shady McCoy at some point. I really think they should. Yeah, depending on what they can get. Uh, like, wouldn't he be awesome in Green Bay? Oh, like put him in Green Bay with all like Rogers and all those weapons. That'd yeah, be amazing. What are they doing? Not trading for him? I didn't even think well, about the, that. Well, the Packers are a pretty conservative organization. They don't trade a lot of. They don't trade, and they certainly don't trade high picks. They always build through the draft. Yeah, I mean, I'm not giving up a first round pick if I'm then right, it's a but, running back. But but they. But I'm give, saying I give the Bills a number two if I'm the Packers for Shady. How many? Yeah, I don't know how many years are left on his contract, but and he has had a lot of work over his career. He's he's 29. He's gotten a lot of carries, but anyway, he would look pretty cool. In he doesn't back. take big hits though because he's so shifty. Right. He'd look pretty cool in Green Bay. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, the Bills traded away Sammy Watkins. They got rid of uh, Darby. They got rid of Rich, uh, Raglan, their first-round pick from last year. They're doing a little mini fire sale. So basically, this game should be awful. Yes. It no, really Nobody should watch this game. Nobody should watch this game. However, the Bills are minus eight-point favorites at home. Uh-huh. Minus eight. And minus 390 on the money line. So that puts the Jets at plus eight. Or plus three ten on the money line. Guess what? what? I'm, t- I'm taking the Jets. Oh. Give me the points. He talks about not talking with your heart. I don't think they're going to win the game. <laughs> By, I mean, listen, I really don't think they're going to win the game. But for me, the total's at forty points. Right? That's a very low scoring game. Uh-huh. Right now, the projected point total will be Jets sixteen, um, Bills twenty four. So. When you have a small amount of point total, the more points that the spread that you get, the like the harder it is for that team to cover if the game goes according to how the like the total should go. Yes. So basically, basically what I'm saying is the point spread is twenty percent. You're saying if forty points are scored in the game, yeah, it's, it's going to be harder to win by more than eight. Right. Especially when you have two offenses that shouldn't be that good. Yes. And if we're saying the Bills aren't very good and the Jets aren't very good. Why the hell am I laying more than a touchdown worth of points and taking the Bills? I'm going to take the Jets plus the points. I went back and forth on this one. Yeah. You make many logical points. Mm-hmm. I just can't get over the fact that I think the Jets are that bad. Okay. And I'm just having a hard time betting on 
what is probably the worst team in football, even if they're, I'm getting eight points with them. And they're on the road. Yep. So I just think that Shady McCoy has a pretty big day. I think that give me Tyrod Taylor over McCown. And I think that I don't like the last second uh, subtraction of Sheldon Richardson as far as your week one chances. Um, okay. And yeah, so what? I, I what, think that okay. The Bills. I'm I'm, I'm going to take I'm, reluctantly. I'm not. Yeah. I'm this, not. I wouldn't. I would never go near this game. Either way, had I not been forced to via pod. This is going to be hell all year. You realize that we're picking every Jet game against oh, yeah. the spread. Can you imagine like when they're in New England? That's going to oh, be like 19 points. 19, dude. Last year it was 25. I remember you bet on the Jets to cover. Oh, and I think I won. No, you didn't. It no? was over and it was over by half. It was like thirty-one nothing and a half. I'm like Alex, never take the Jets. <laughs> I kind of forget that, but it sounds anyway. Cool. So we're gonna have to talk about the Jets line every week, and that's gonna be one of the toughest to pick. It really is, because they're gonna be there's gonna be some home games for them though. Yeah. Where they're gonna be home and they're gonna be playing against a team that's not very good, and the teams they might get be double digits points or something. Uh, you don't see a lot of double digit home dogs. It's gonna be. It's gonna come. No, there's. You're not well. I mean, against the Patriots, yes. Against really good teams, but if it's just like an average team, like let's say, I don't know, like, like okay, if the Eagles went into the Jets, they would not be double-digit favorites. No way in hell are they well, double-digit favorites. I mean, the Steelers are nine-point favorites against the Browns. That's a similar situation. No, it's not. The Steelers are considered the second-best team or a top-five team in the NFL going to a, a bad team. Right, but so I think that's that, only nine I think points. The Jets are a little worse than the Browns. I mean, you can think that, but I'm telling you, you're not going to like. If you send an average, t- the only way you you have a chance of being a double digit home dog is if it's like Steelers, Seahawks, Packers, Patriots. If the Eagles come into the Jets, they're probably like six and a half, or six or five and a half point favorites. Okay. Well, I think you can expect most games for the Jets to lose by one touchdown. Sure. Like I think that's a reasonable. Expectation. That's reasonable. So. If I'm getting six and a half, I'm taking that. But it, that we're getting out of our, we are. Um, so, anyways, I'm gonna reluctantly take the Bills and give you the eight points. All right, this is great. Yeah, so, we so disagree far, immediately. Yeah. Somebody should win this week. There yes. shouldn't be any ties. I love it. So, do you want to get to the gambling portion for the other games? Yes. Okay. So, basically, like I said, uh, whoever gets more of these wrong out of the five total is gonna be buying beers for the next pod, and. We both independently, without consulting each other beforehand, picked three other games that we would bet on should we like have to bet on three other lines. Right. And so, do you want to go first, or do you want to go one at a time? Wanna, yeah. we'll, we'll go back and forth. Okay. You What's your, do you, what do you want to do your first? One? Sure, I'll pick my first game. Okay. I'm gonna take the Chargers as three point dogs in Denver. So Chargers plus three against the Broncos in Denver. You and your Chargers erection that has not died in, like... No. This is what happened. Like, maybe eight months ago, I texted Pete something about, like, hey, I saw the Chargers, like, are picked to be a real, like, better team this year. And then you looked into it, and you're like, wow, like, I, yeah, I, I really think that. And then you bet on them to win the division. Yes. Hey, get ready, guys. <laughs> this is I'm telling you, I'm going to ride the Chargers. Three-point dogs in Denver. Can, guess what? What's up? Is Denver that good? Their defense is. Their offense is not. So what I would say to their defense is, yes, they've been fantastic for the last five years. It's really hard to continue to be that that good. They have very good corners. In they the have very good though. corners. If 
Von Miller is a beast. But they also were atrocious against the run last year. Okay. And but Melvin Gordon, highly overrated. No. He's never averaged four yards a carry. D- dude, he's never had a great offensive line, number one. But the, the Chargers run the ball pretty effectively with Melvin Gordon, and they also use their, pa- their running backs out of the backfield effectively to pass the ball. Okay, I'm fine with that. But all I'm saying is, well, they also lost Danny Woodhead as far as passing out of the backfield. Melvin Gordon but, handles a lot of it, though. Right, but, uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon. Never averaged four yards a carry. I, I put a lot of weight into yards per carry as far as how solid mm. running back you really are. And 3.9, I would care more. Good. I would care more if your offensive line was a league average offensive line and you couldn't average four, but I don't think they've ever had that. Well, all right, so there's Pete's number one pick. Right. I'm going to go with my first one. These aren't necessarily in any order. It's just the one I wrote at the top here. It's uh, I'm taking Panthers minus five at the Niners. Okay. I think that the Niners are also in that just about tanking mode where I think they're pretty hideous. Like I think they have a lot of interest in trying to find a quarterback next year, whether it's Kirk Cousins uh, okay. having a reunion with Shanahan or if they're trying to pick one of those top three guys in the draft. But I just don't see much talent anywhere really with the Niners they suck pretty bad and I'm a big supporter in the Panthers becoming a good team again this season they had the Super Bowl run two years ago and then last year they had the Super Bowl hangover that the losers often get and then I expect a bounce back regardless this year not necessarily to the Super Bowl but a bounce back to possibly playoff contention and on top of that they added my boy uh Christian McCaffrey who I'm very big on and uh Kelvin Benjamin's healthy this year Couple points. I don't know what to do with that game, but here's a couple points. 49ers have improved since last year. The 49ers, here's a trend thing. The last two years have performed really well on opening night. They've played their best games on opening night. Okay. Um, another thing, Cam Newton didn't play in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton has never, they've installed a newer offense to include Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Who knows if that clicks right away? Do I agree that they should be better this year and probably, or I think they could make make it back to playoffs? Yes. I don't know what to do with that game. So, all right, that's your first pick. Okay. And also, my last point on that is a lot of sharps, as they call it in Vegas, people who bet a lot of money, picked tick took the Niners with the points. Okay. I mean, the one part of about that I don't like is the fact that it's a cross country yeah. game, but teams typically travel east. Or travel west better than they travel east. And uh, I don't know, man. I just think the talent-wise, if you're just looking at talent on the field, yeah, I think the Panthers just highly outdo them. Okay. And it's one of those points where it's early in the season, so they're relatively healthy, even if Cam's not quite there yet. But, uh, I mean, you can lean on those two running backs they got. And I just don't see I – don't, I don't really see it. All Plus, right. Kyle Shanahan's probably going to try and pass when they have a big lead at the end uh, and just screw the whole let's thing Let's not talk up. about it. <laughs> Go to your second. All right, I'm taking the Titans minus three at home against the Raiders. Okay. And here, a couple things. The Raiders, I expect to regress. That one's ballsy, by the way. I know. Everybody li- everybody's kind of really liking the Raiders. Yeah. They're feeling the Raiders again. Yeah. Here's the thing. The Raiders won a ton of close games last year. Mm-hmm. I expect regression in that to happen. So I don't think you can win that many close games every year. Okay. Two, the Raiders are traveling east. So it's a one o'clock game, so it's gonna be like a ten o'clock game. Yeah. And ten in the morning for the Raiders. And you gotta show up like four hours early to stay. Right. And so and I I think the Titans are they might be a little overhyped this year. Like the people are really excited about that mm-hmm. that team, but I think 
that they are going to be able to control the clock and really beat up that Raiders defense, which I don't think is very good at all. No, the Raiders don't have a good defense. So they're really going to have to bring that offense and travel. I don't think Marshawn Lynch does anything this year. Nah, I, I, I think he'll be a, I think he'll be an asset, but we haven't seen I don't, him in two years, and he was bad last time. I don't. I just awful. don't think they can. Re- I mean, I don't think they intend to rely on him to be a guy who gets twenty carries a game. Yeah, but and well, nor they nor not. should. I think they're going to be pass happy anyways. Yeah. They might be, but I I stayed away from that game because yeah. I think the Raiders, independent of where the game's played at or anything like that, I think the Raiders are the slightly better team out okay. of two good teams there. Yeah, and so I did not want to give the Raiders points. I didn't feel comfortable with it. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm more. I'm just more on the fact that I think the Raiders are going to regress this year and be closer to eight and eight. Okay. And with them coming coming east, I'm just I. I'm going to pick the Titans. Okay. I think they're going to run it down their throat. There you go. And you're, you're giving up points in that. I'm laying three points with the Titans. Okay. Titans minus three. Yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable there, but solid. I like your reasoning, though. Um, my second one, and this is a little ballsy because I'm giving up nine points, but Steelers at the Browns. Again, just talent level here. It's just a crazy right. difference here. And... I actually like what the Browns did as far as some of their draft picks this yeah. year. But Miles Garrett just hurt his ankle. He's going to miss the game. Yeah, that's really unfortunate for them. Yeah. Um, they got what's-his-face Deshaun Kaiser starting yeah. first game. I am not a Deshaun Kaiser guy. If you watched Notre Dame last year. Yeah. I know. They weren't not great. Not so great. He looked okay. He seemed pretty decent in the preseason. I, mean, I don't think. I, I'm i going to call that this is a one-and-done career as a starter for Deshaun Kaiser. I think he starts this, this year, year. And then he's done. Doesn't do so hot. Okay. Browns again get a top five pick. They take one of the big three quarterbacks coming out. By the way, your boy Josh Allen was total ass oh, he was this week, so get, you, a, get your shit out of here with Josh to, freaking <laughs> Allen. Wyoming. Get out. That. Get out. But uh, what's his face? Uh, yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold. Darnold didn't look that great he either. He sucked too. He didn't look that great, but so he didn't. Josh what? Allen was trash, man. Hey. We'll uh, we'll we'll just yeah. table that for a little bit. But I think yeah. So I think Deshaun Kaiser's ass. I think uh, Miles Garrett missing the game really hurts the defense. And I think you're just looking at more of the same old, same old with the Browns. Also, Steelers on defense added T.J. Watt in the first round. Big. They He's added, a player. They added Joe Hayden just yeah. a couple yeah, days ago. Not as big, but nice. I think. I mean, I think Joe Hayden's actually a really good corner. He played for the Browns for a while. This is th- going to be a, a game for Joe Hayden. Like, right, if there's a game he shows up, it's I'm be saying, this I'm saying, I think sometimes when you're playing for a crappy team that long, you just kind of lose like some sort of competitive spirit. Yeah, I feel you. I think he's going to be a a good asset for the Steelers. Right. And the Steelers could honestly score close to a league leading amount of points this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they have get we- Martinez weapons Bryant everywhere. back. Weapons. Yeah. And Brown, Bell, Bryant, Ben. Arguably the best receiver and the best running back in the league. Yeah, and I think, I don't know how, this might have only happened one game ever that all four of them have been healthy enough to play. Yeah. I'm serious, it has not happened. It doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't. So, yeah, with all four of those guys being healthy, yada, yada, I already covered a lot of this, but I'm more than willing to lay down the nine points. I think you're looking at at least a 14-point win by the Steelers Interesting. here. Interesting. I... I know yeah, another, nine points. The sticker another, shock on nine points is another is there, stay but. away. Again, a lot of times when I actually bet, we're talking about spreads, just making picks. A lot of times when I bet, I like to tease games, 
so I can get feel more comfortable. Yeah. If I were to, if I were looking at this game, please tease it down to three. Oh no! If I could tease, we're, we're just doing lines. We are doing lines. We are picking lines. But if I could tease both the Panthers and the Steelers to make that minus five and minus nine a little nicer. Yeah. Because I think that's they're both what you're doing. Definitely gonna out. They're gonna gonna win, win. the game. Yeah, okay. they're gonna outright win. Okay. Um. So go ahead with your third one then. My third and final pick is going to be Cardinals minus two at the Lions. <clears throat> so I'm pick, I'm taking a, a road favorite here. My reasoning here is that... Going against your logic for West coming east last time. Well, it's not as far east. All right. I mean, it's They're like, both central time zone. Arizona's central time zone? They're probably no, like mountain time zone. Michigan. Michigan's it? central. Isn't it in Michigan? Yes. But yeah. Arizona would be mountain, right? I'm not or sure they if would. it's mountain or west. Either way. But believe it or not, Nashville, where the Titans play, is uh, Central Time. It is. Anyway, um, the Cardinals, I'm sorry, the Lions, again, a team last year that won a lot of close games, came back in an ordered amount of times. They're not a very against-the-spread like good kind of team in that way. They just, last year, they figured out a million ways to win. Also, I think the Cardinals are like the opposite of the Lions. I think the Cardinals last year had everything go wrong for them. They were picked to kind of be like a, a Super Bowl favorite out of the NFC. And then, you know, they lost uh, the Honey Badger. Dud last year. Yeah, they lost the Honey Badger. Carson Palmer looked like hell the first eight weeks and then turned it around. DJ so, was great, though. Yeah, I mean, DJ's the man. So, with, I think the Lions regressing and the Cardinals bouncing back, I don't mind laying two points in Detroit, especially on a, in, a, in a dome mm-hmm. where... Like DJ and all their guys are going to be their the problem. A lot of their problem was last year their offense wasn't like like it didn't catch up to their de- their defense. So right. I'm fine laying two points with the Cardinals this week. I think they're going to just go into Detroit and take care of business. I like by more than a touchdown. I like the Cardinals too as a bounce back team this year. Yeah, in general, um, I stayed away from that one though just because them being on the road and the Lions. I don't know if I like them as like a playoff team, but I like them as like. A solid. I mean, the Lions are the Lions. Yeah, they're gonna win about seven or eight games, maybe nine. See, or I think I, I think, think it's gonna be a rough year for them. I think they, when they're in the yeah. dome, they're they're better. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just that one was just one. I it wasn't tasty enough for me to go through. Gotcha. For the top three. Um. So then my last one, I went back and forth for a while here. Pete was like, "Are you ready? Are you ready?" <laughs> um. There was a few of them I went. But I thought about, I didn't take it, but I thought about the Rams minus four and a half like, home against the Colts. I would never do that if Andrew Luck wasn't playing. Right. I decided against it. I think anything over a field goal in that game makes yeah. me nervous. If it was a f- three points or under. I just think the Colts are so bad. I agree, I agree, but dear God, do we know if that I the st- Rams can move I the ball? I stayed away, yeah. Part of the reason I stayed away is uh, Aaron, Aaron uh, Donald. Donald, he's like one of the best defensive li- linemen in the league. Is still holding out. He's going to miss that game. Yeah. Um. So I stayed away from that one. I also thought about the Saints. I believe are getting three points. I didn't write it down. Yeah, they're getting three. They're points. getting three points in uh, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The tasty parts of that one are Breeze and the Saints' offense are still indoors, yes. so it might as well be a home game for them. Uh, I'm by far not a supporter of Sammy Sleeves at no. quarterback. He really sucks. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, give him some uh, time. Just get him, get him, get him a decent, decent offensive line. He's out. Yeah, right. and uh, yeah, and Peterson. It's a homecoming for him. So uh, I'm starting him in fantasy. I'm, I expect at least one touchdown for Adrian Peterson. If nothing, just like a one yard fall forward touchdown, just to get him one at home. But uh, 
I decided to stay away from that one, and the one I ended up going with here with my last one, uh, I decided to go with Falcons minus six at the Bears. Uh, reasons why I went with this one. Overall, I sort of expect the Falcons to have a worse year than last year. I think that if any losing Super Bowl team is going to have a Super Bowl hangover, it's going to be the team that just gave up the world's greatest comeback in the right. history of Super Bowls. Um, but, again, if you're just going on talent, I think the Falcons are just a far superior team to the Bears. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now they're going to be starting uh, Mike Glennon at quarterback. Why I don't understand where people got the idea that Mike Glennon was like a worthwhile quarterback this offseason. Well, I mean, I don't think they should have paid him what they paid him, but he wasn't bad when he got to start in Tampa, and yeah. I guess... And I guess at one point he took the NC State job from Russell Wilson. Right. But either way, I'm not a Mike Glennon guy. There aren't many of those guys out there. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Man, I I just don't I don't see a whole lot of things with the Bears where I'm like, oh, all right, like this is something I can hang my head on. And along the lines of the Eagles adding Alshon, they lost him. Mm-hmm. They didn't really replace him with anything. They didn't really like. What did they add this off season? Who the Bears? Yeah, anything. They uh, they might have added an offensive lineman. So here's actually my biggest disagreement with you. I wouldn't touch this game. Okay. Well, here's my last point. All right. The whole thing. So the Falcons, although overall on the season I expect a downturn, like I don't expect Matty Ice to be MVP, I don't even necessarily expect him to win that division, though they could. Um, I see the first game of the season as like a big, like, fuck you to everyone in the NFL. Okay. For them uh, really shitting the bed in the Super Bowl. So So my best, my, I said I would stay away from this game, but if I was doing anything... I would tease this game up. I tease the Bears up to plus twelve, and uh-huh. here's why: they have a good offensive line, and in terms of like yards per play, they're actually they were actually a good team last year. Now I realize their receiving core is absolute trash, but they have a very good running back in Jordan Howard and a very good offensive. Jordan line. Howard is a good player. He's a good player. Also, overall, I think the Bears improved from last year. I mean, I get like it's hard it's hard to talk about Alshon Jeffrey with the Bears because you never knew when he was there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, their receiving core isn't great, but but what makes you think they improved? I mean, the defense—they have a good front seven. They have a very good front seven. They have players on the defensive line, and they have a couple linebackers that I like. Their secondary is not that great. I just I just think they've improved, and I think they might be able to manage the clock, like with Howard and the running game, and. Keep this game a little closer than people think. Okay. It's a homecoming. If if but it, so if you think about it, you you have a team coming off the Super Bowl that loses and they play their first game on the road. If you think the hangover is there, and if you also think that the the home team might be a little bit better than what they were last year, I just don't like. I just don't have a hard time seeing the Falcons win this by a touchdown. Yeah, and actually the line has moved. It opened up at like Falcons minus seven and a half. Saw it at Falcons minus seven, and today we see it at Falcons minus six. So I think people are betting the Bears. Okay, yeah, I just to get it to get it if, under. If we're talking seven and a half, I would uh, probably went with one of those other games I was yeah. talking about. But yeah, I just don't see. I, I don't have a problem at all seeing them win this by seven, and gotcha. I just think that the Falcons. Again, I, I think they're going to be a little pissed off. I think that they just by far have the better team. I mean, who's who's going to cover Julio out there? They don't have a corner like that, and uh, I don't know, man. I mean. I don't know, we'll man. find out. Yeah, we will. So, just to recap, I have Chargers plus three, Titans minus three, Cardinals minus two, Jets plus eight, and Redskins plus one. 
And I'm going to go Panthers minus 5, Steelers minus 9, and Falcons minus 6. The only thing I'm not in love with with my picks. You're laying a lot of points. I'm laying a lot of points, and actually all of them are on the road. So (sighs) it's not really conventional logic, but the thing that they all have in common are those are all very good teams, in my opinion, playing at very bad teams. Guys, just listen to me this week. Trust me. (laughs) Okay. All right. Stay away. You don't want – oh, my God. See the three road favorites land big points. Oh okay. boy! All right, and this is the kind of stuff where Pete wonders why I'm insufferable when I'm right. Because we're gonna come in next pod, and I'm gonna have one. And I'm gonna be like, God damn, this is a good beer. So we'll see. Anyways, what do you think of uh, your beer for today? Yeah, so jovial again, a double, a double, a Belgian double. I really liked it. Really smooth. Probably wouldn't have more than two of them. It can be a little bit heavier. Um, if you actually pour, I poured some of it out. It's a pretty dark beer. So overall, I like it. Probably you didn't pour f- it out as in poured it out. You poured it into a glass. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not wasting beer over here. Um, probably, I would prefer it in the fall or the winter. Definitely something that you don't want to be drinking on like a 85 degree day while tailgating for a country concert. No. And but the, a good, enjoyable fall. That's the best beer. kind of drinking you can do too. Very good drinking. How about uh, Dirt Wolf over there? Uh. That's going to be my new new nickname here. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> it's all right. Um, super hoppy. Like, it's, it's a very hoppy beer. So if you love IPAs, you love the hops, yeah. then this is probably a, a good beer for you. Other than that, it's, it's a good beer. Um, it's just when they're, like, this hoppy, they're pretty hard to, like, just pound a lot of them or, like, really, you got to kind of slowly sip them. Right. Um, so it's a personal preference thing. Uh, I'm so what, thinking what are you giving it? Probably, like, three... Three out of three. Five. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of middle of the road for you. Yeah. Like, eh. yeah, that's whatever. all right. Like, I, if someone was like, "Hey, dude, I got a beer. You want one?" I said, "Hey, Dirt Wolf." I'd be like, "Sure." Right. And as far as jovial goes, I'm gonna go three seven five. I do like darker beers a lot, and it is kind of starting to get. We kind of got our first uh, little nugget of like chilliness this week, so mm-hmm. this kind of went pretty well with that. So I'm gonna go three seven five. I'm ready for it, dude. Fall weather. Yeah, it's time to throw on a sweatshirt again. Yeah. You know, jeans and a sweatshirt. Yeah. Sounds good. And uh, football season, it's great, man. It's I can't great. wait. Hey, if you uh, want to follow Alex or I on Untapped or Twitter, I'm at, at Petsky41 on both of those things. And Alex, on Untapped, you are? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I'm going to have to What are you on up. Twitter? I'm uh, AWolf31 on uh Twitter and I believe I'm Alex Wolf thirty one on Untapped. But Jeez. I was gonna say on uh, you beat me to the punch, but I was gonna say follow the podcast here on yes. Twitter as well. Um, pod, the podcast is micro brewed with an ED sports, but the Twitter account due to spacing issues right. is just micro brew sports. Yeah, definitely give us a follow. We like to so. do a lot of polls. We like to try to Yeah. Good uh, follow interact. for anyone who's a fan of any of our teams. Right. So a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll be tweeting especially Sunday. So it's, uh, I guess next week we're going to come back and we're going to recap, recap how things went terribly wrong for both of us probably, probably. in week one and then uh, preview week two. Yep. And if anything crazy happens in baseball or something, we'll cover that too. Yep. So until then, we will be uh, catching you guys later. Let's go Eagles. Yeah.